Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. I want to start off by saying thank you so much to those of you who listen and watch the videos and uh, submit your own stories. Email is who's your uncle LLC at gmail.com. Feel free to send your stories over and uh, yeah, we'll put them on the channel. All right, let's read some stories. This one is from listener Sad Gut. My partner and I aren't in IT, but we know enough about tech that we're the family's number one contact people for computer issues. He used to be my father-in-law. He was a diesel mechanic by trade and job, but he was a guru with computers too. He died about 10 years ago and that family IT role fell to us. Normally no problems, simple fixes for us to be done over the phone. The exception to that rule was always my mother-in-law. Somehow she thinks she knows about computers, probably by osmosis from her husband, but is actually worse than all the others combined because of Dunning-Kruger effect. Anyway, about a year after father-in-law died, mother-in-law's home router failed. We managed to talk her through setting up the router and better yet, her desktop computer hooked up to it. Her new laptop hooked up and she insisted on setting up father-in-law's machine. She never used it, but hey, we weren't going to start her grieving again by saying that nobody's there to use it. What we forgot was to hook up her printer. So a few weeks later, she went to use her printer and it didn't work. So we get the panicked phone call where she proceeded to tell us how she had changed all the cartridges, paper, restarted her computer and printer several times to no avail. My partner and I are both looking at each other, biting our tongues as we knew instantly what was wrong. When mother-in-law ran out of steam, my partner tried to explain that her mom's printer was still looking for the old network, so it wasn't talking to her computer. Ten minutes of hair pulling, simpler and simpler wording and anecdotes to explain the problem, but she's just unable to get it. Eventually, we gave up trying to explain it to her and decided to just talk her through it step by step. My partner tells her to go to the printer, while we look up the manual online. Tell her to go into the printer settings. She takes a little longer to do that than we thought it should have taken, but... We didn't see it as a problem. But as we're telling her the next step, she couldn't find any of the options we needed. So we start again. We tell her to go to the printer, press the home button below the little screen and go to settings. Same issues. Can't see what we need her to. Repeat three or four times. Finally, my partner, MP, clicks and asks, where are you? Mother-in-law, in the printer settings screen. MP, no, like we're in your house. Mother-in-law, at the desktop, <laughs> nowhere near her printer. MP, no, we need you to go into the settings on the printer. So go back to the printer and press the home button. Use the arrows on the screen to find settings. Mother-in-law, okay. MP, now press the button to go into the settings. Mother-in-law, okay. MP, now look for connections. Mother-in-law, where's that? Confused look on both our faces, it should have been the second or third option down on the list. Me. Mother-in-law, where are you? Mother-in-law. At the computer. Cue frustrated howl from my partner and the phone goes flying across the room, followed by her stomping out of the room. <laughs> I retrieve the phone. Surprisingly, it still works, and more surprisingly, still connected to the call. Mother-in-law is panicked, thinking something major had happened. I apologized and tried to take over. Me, go to the printer settings. Mother-in-law, okay. Me, where are you? Mother-in-law, at the computer. Now I'm pulling my hair out by the root. Me, 
go to the effing printer. MP. The piece of plastic where the paper comes out. Mother-in-law, never having heard me swear at her. Oh, I'd sworn about her, but never to her before. Okay. MP. Now, forget your computer printer settings exist. Until I say otherwise, the only thing that exists is the plastic machine known as the printer. Mother-in-law, tears are now audible. <laughs> okay. Me. Go into the printer settings. Eventually, MP and I got her to understand that the printer had all the settings correct and got her printing okay. So that's why we enjoy listening to these stories. We know enough to sympathize. I would hate to do it as a job. I've had similar experiences with people in my house, people in my family, people at work. You say things like, go to the printer. No, not on your computer. Like, get up and walk to the printer. And for some reason, they just can't get that through their heads. And then, you know, once you think they've got that part and you ask them again, where are you? At my computer. <laughs> Thanks for the submission. Oh, that was gold. Oh, no, I skipped those steps. At work, we've got a ticketing system, which we introduced in 2020 as the pandemic was ramping up. My boss made it very clear to everyone. No more walk-ups, unless your computer's so broken that you can't put a ticket in. Most people adhere to that, except one person. Let's call her Sue. Sue's an older lady and is steadfast in her refusal to learn how to use computers. She's very manipulative when it comes to this. Sometimes she'll lure you into conversation asking how your weekend was and use that as a segue into, Oh, while you're here, can you do this for me? Other times she'll sit out in front of the office in the shared working space and as you walk past, sigh audibly or mutter, hoping you'll say, Oh, what's wrong, Sue? Other times she'll just barge on in and look for the first person to make eye contact with her. Put her computer down in front of them, blurt out her issue, and get that person to fix it for her. Once she even complimented my computer skills to try and get me to drop my guard and create some folders on her desktop. Yes, really. I'm wise to her crap and will gladly send her out of the office to put a ticket in. And say we'll ask her to come in only if we need to look at her computer. Often she'll respond to our instructions with, Oh, that didn't work. So that we have no choice but to ask her to come in because clicking a TeamViewer link is like pulling teeth. One day she had put a ticket in for something that was a known issue. I replied with step-by-step -step instructions, which included screenshots with all the buttons you need to click circled. There were seven steps in total. About 20 minutes later, she came barging in saying, those steps didn't work. Me, being wise to her crap, asked her to sit down and follow those steps again while she was in the office. Sue then acted flustered, not sure how to switch between the instructions and what she was asked to do. She knew, she just acted dumb. But after a bit of huffing and puffing, she started. About a minute later, she said, those steps still didn't work. I asked what steps she got up to, and she said, step six. I looked on the screen and saw she'd only done steps one and two. I asked her if she'd done steps three through five, and she said dismissively, oh no, I skipped those steps. Sue had seven steps to follow. Total time to complete these steps would have been two minutes at the very most, and she decided to skip three entire steps. I told her to follow the steps again, in their entirety, not skipping a single one. And what do you know? The issue was resolved and she acted surprised. In her spare time, this woman loves to bake. We know because she's brought us in food before to butter us up for a barrage of questions a day or two later. So she knows the importance of following instructions. She just refused to do them this time because she wanted someone else to do it for her. You know, I wonder if that's what mother-in-law in the last story was doing. If she was just trying to play dumb to get somebody to come like keep her company and actually put their hands on the computer and printer. Either way though, there's a lot of older people I know that are manipulative like that. They think they can suck up with baked goods and sweet talk and compliments. Sometimes it works, honestly.
When you're in a corporate environment like that, though, people need to learn how to follow instructions. Otherwise, everything just goes to crap fast. Oh, well. You almost burned down their effing store. Dear Diary, November 12th, 2002. Help, why didn't mom ever tell me not to use bleach to get the smell of burnt fur off my skin? P.S. The Employee Assistance Program Counselor says there isn't a Section 8 discharge as a civvy. I guess I'm stuck here even longer. Animals, large or small, like warm things. Laps, fireplace hearths, cows, don't ask. The list is long. But when you have a vertical tower with a top-mounted power supply and a top intake fan, well, let's just say things can get pretty heated. The setting, a crisp, cold, sunny day about 30 degrees Fahrenheit, or minus 1 degrees Celsius if I recall correctly, which is unusually cold for that time of year in our neck of the woods. The players, me, customer, customer's husband, other techs, front-end staff. Other tech one brings a PC with ticket back from the intake desk and drops it on the bench. They said it just randomly shuts off for no apparent reason. I popped it open and it wasn't too bad, but I'm going to take it out back and blow it out anyway. Other tech one comes back in a few minutes and plops it on the bench and hooks it up. Me, you going to run the stress test on it? Other tech one, I was going to do graphics benchmarks first in case it was just a video card. If it's that, it'll save some time. Me, okay. Several hours pass. Other tech one, well that system from this morning's running okay, so I'm going to boot into the stress test. Our stress test app booted up into Linux image, which allocated most of the RAM as virtual disk, and then spawned multiple threads to read-write to the vDisk, real disk, stress the CPU with a math suite, and also decode some video at the same time. It was pretty effective. Next morning, the system is hung. No, not like that. Get your mind out of the gutter. And the shop smells a little... funky. We spent about an hour trying to locate the source of the smell without a lot of success. Partly, I suspect, because our HVAC was a recirculating type, so it tended to homogenize the air throughout the building. It was fading, though, so we figured it was probably something from outside overnight. Other Tech 1 was off, so Other Tech 2 took over. The system was powered up, but just totally frozen. Other Tech 2 started testing individual components and test systems. Hard disk drive appeared good. Video card appeared good, etc. Eventually, he hooked up the power supply to our load tester, and he and I went to lunch across town. Cell phone rings. You guys need to get back quick. Something's on fire in the shop. Well, that's not good. We arrived to find a fire crew, fire chief, and all the store staff standing around outside. No hoses going into the building or anything, so that's one positive, I guess. Me. What happened? Front end one. About ten minutes after you left, smoke started pouring out of the shop. It reeked. This training is being done over video and chat, so there's the usual hellos at the start. Introduce fire chief. You guys can go back in any time. We've evacuated most of the smoke from the building. There wasn't any actual fire. Other tech too. Well, what was it? Fire chief. Some gadget on one of the benches back there was pouring smoke out like a fog machine. Other tech too and I looked at each other. Gadget on one of the benches? We walk in and see smoke curling off the aforementioned power supply. And oh my gosh, it was nauseating. Burnt hair. Not the burnt electronic smell we were expecting. Clearly burnt hair. What the frack? We pulled the shop video up and about five minutes after we left, Other Tech 3 went to the front. While they were there, the power supply started spewing a greasy grayish smoke. A few sputters of flame did make attempts to burn us to the ground, but fortunately they self-extinguished. We looked at each other and promptly said, Not it! Me. Hey, Other Tech 3, we need you to take this power supply apart. Other Tech 2. Have fun! 
Other Tech 3, F you guys. Inside the power supply were the remains of massive amounts of fur, to the point that while the fan would spin, there literally was no path for the air to flow through. Me. Other Tech 1 said he blew this out. Other Tech 2, well, he's full of crap. So I call the customer. Hi, customer's husband. Hey, we think we found the problem. How long have you had this PC, and do you by chance have a dog or cat or other pet with medium to long fur? Customer's husband. Yeah, we have a couple cats and a small dog, and I think we bought the computer at Christmas a couple years ago. Why? What's the matter with it? Me. Well, your power supply pretty much blew up during our testing, and we had to evacuate the store because of the smoke from the burnt hair. Silence. Me. Customer's husband, you still there? Customer's husband. Muffled background yelling. Damn it, spouse. How many effing times have I told you to keep the damn cats off the computer? You almost burnt down their effing store. More background yelling. Customer's husband. Resigned in depressed tone. Can you fix it? Me. Oh, sure. Looks like the only problem was the power supply and we have them in stock. You should be able to pick it up tomorrow. After we test it again. In the parking lot. Customer's husband. Yeah, that's probably smart. How much? Me thinking rapidly. Probably about three hours of labor, $39 for the power supply, and three big bags of dry cat food plus tax. <laughs> Silence. Customer's husband. Cat food? Me. Yeah, you can run it over to the animal shelter as a donation. We'll list it on your bill. Epilogue. Six months later, a customer came to the back to enter their password for me. <laughs> customer. Do you smell burnt hair? Me. Every day. Every bloody day. P.S. I checked with the animal shelter a couple weeks later and the customer actually did take some bags of cat food over to them for a donation. That's one of the worst parts about dealing with other people's stuff. you got to deal with their habits, whether they smoke, vape, whatever. Their animals. Hair, obviously. Or... If they weren't very clean in their house, you know, maybe the faint smell of cat urine from either spraying the tower or just being in a room with an unclean litter box. Bugs, dust, you name it. Ugh. That's why I'm kind of glad I don't do remodels anymore. Because even commercial remodels, we used to go in at night. Another carpentry story. Shocker, I know. We used to go into KFCs at night and do their front end remodels. This was, uh, I don't know, what? 26, 7 years ago, something like that. At that point, KFC had redesigned their whole front counter line uh, with new pastel colors, and it was kind of cool and jazzy for that time period. And uh, a new bulletproof glass with the bulletproof glass carousels. You know, they put your bag in and spin it after you've put your cash on and spun it around. And Yeah, city restaurants are cool. But I don't care how much of a neat freak your manager is in that store. It's nasty. It's old cooking grease, usually some kind of bugs, mostly roaches. I mean, they're pretty common in every restaurant, but yeah, just dust from where people don't really get behind equipment and things, which is good because, you know, like behind the registers and things, all the wires and cables hanging down. If they actually got in there and cleaned, they'd probably disconnect half their crap. And yeah, that's a whole other mess. But you've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.